episode eight. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak. Two, two, three. You belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, fork flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty legged. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Blah, blah, blah! No, blah, blah, blah! Because that's the fucking assholes in Hollywood. Fucking assholes. Oh, hey! <laughs> We're back. It's Two True Freaks. Episode 8. We might as well start out me? right on that. No, I can hear you. Okay. I, I accidentally unplugged my uh, oh. headphones for a minute. <laughs> How's it going? Not bad. <laughs> Up to ep- episode 8 now. Oh my God! Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I can believe it. We actually get we get some bonus ones in there too, because some of them I'm sure we're gonna spread out yeah. for uh, for double episodes. So this is probably more like eight or something. Or something. But... Yeah, it could be a totally awesome. different. This is a sixth one we've recorded though, and uh, we're doing something a little different today. We're gonna go um, not even off topic. We're gonna go no topic, just a bunch of topics, whatever sort of just just off the cuff. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. There's a lot of movies coming out and in production and stuff that all of a sudden, for some reason, they've been publicizing that we definitely have some opinions on. And Oh, yes. And I have a little bit of a rant about about how to conduct your garage sale if you're going to have a garage sale. <laughs> today, is, today is my garage sailing day, and I had a pretty, pretty um, bitter and... Uh, evil experience at a garage sale where the the dreaded e-word came up but I'll uh, I'll I'll tell you what the e-word is later when we get to it but uh yeah before we get to it um how about a little break here where we'll plug in something funny or stupid 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 okay <laughs> i vote stupid too all right we'll be right back See that bear lapping up that good old country water? Sure makes a big, hairy guy like me thirsty. That's when I wrap my lips around that tall, sweaty, edible bottle of good old country bear whiz beer. As my daddy said, son, it's in the water. That's why it's yellow. (laughs) Bear whiz beer. Bear whiz beer, liquid product, and bear with brewery animal, Missouri. All right, we're back, <laughs> and we're laughing because we talk about all the actual funny stuff when we're off the air before we come back on. 
I've got the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, go ahead. So I what, guess what, what are we? Talking? Oh yeah, you had you had a rant, and uh, I might have a rant too. So go ahead. You rant. want me to start with my rant? All right. Rant. Okay. Saturday is my garage sailing day. Every Saturday through the summer, I, my roommate and I we go garage sailing, and we start out you know early in the morning, go till about four o'clock when most people wind up their garage sails. And it's been great. I mean, we've been doing it for probably like four years running now. And I love it. You know, I get all sorts of neat stuff. Sometimes I get some stuff I'm going to sell on eBay, you know. But it's mostly for, it's mostly all about, you know, it's it's great fun exploring. You get to see how other people live and what they have in their house and what they're throwing away. And you can find out what their mental problems were by the self-help books that they have out in their that didn't work (laughs) that they got in their garage sale or either that or they worked and they don't need them anymore but somehow I doubt that so the thing about garage sales is garage sales are getting ruined these days and uh, I I blame completely eBay it's the dreaded e-word once I hear the word eBay at somebody at a garage sale who's running the garage sale and they say the word eBay I'm done I'm done with them It, it just it drives me nuts I went to this garage sale today and uh, we walk in, and, and it was one of those ones where as soon as you walk in, the person's telling you what's up. She, she goes, well, we've got prices on everything, and everything's priced as marked. If it doesn't have a price tag on it, it's a dollar. All right, sounds good. Sounds like your standard garage sale protocol. So I'm looking through, and there's a pile of old um, kit, kitty records, you know. There's some di- There's a bunch of Disney records in there, but nothing like, really valuable or rare looking that I know of. I don't really know Disney stuff that much, but I like it. I like getting them. I like their, their, especially the ones that are like the story of Peter Pan or something. Cause they have a whole production into They're great yeah, fun see, to I listen collect, to. I collect those. They're, they're sweet. Some of the art in some of those is, I mean, if you're a comic person like me, mm-hmm. some of the artwork in, in some of those book and record ones or book and tape ones is just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're almost like comics. Yes, and these ones all had the they they had all the little booklets in them, and some of the like the Peter Pan one was nice. A lot of the pictures in it were actual, you know, cells from the movie. You know, they were nice, but there were right. also ones you could tell were sketches from the movie that were sort of augmenting it. They were nice, uh, but the the one I was really looking forward to listening to was Roger Ramjet, and I believe wasn't Roger Ramjet the same people who did uh, Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle I, yeah, I was, I was and trying to, I was, the Jungle. We were talking about this earlier. I was racking my brain. It was one of those shows I didn't catch as a kid, but I, I'm vaguely aware of. And I think it – what's that guy's name? Jay? Yes. Oh, yes. shit. Whoever, I can't – Whoever it is. Now. But they all had that same style, that really fast, witty, funny, goofy, over-the-top, overacted – so I was thinking this is going to be a great record to listen to. You know, it's probably gag after gag after whatever. I was really looking forward to listening to it. So I, I pulled Jay out like, Ward. Jay Ward. Yep. And I pulled out like seven of these records. I think I had a bunch of di- like three or four Disney ones, a couple Captain Kangaroo records, and a Roger Ramjet and another sort of Hanna Barbera cartoon one. And I brought them up to the lady and I said, "Okay, I got seven records here," thinking. $7 and I'm even thinking to myself I might even be able to get these for 5 bucks. You know, whatever. They're 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 in you know, the records are in playable condition. They they look like they have a few little scratches on it, but I don't care about that. 
and you know they're kind of they have that sort of layer of black gritty mildew you know that they sometimes get when they on the dust jacket when they've been kept down in the basement once again i don't care you know i just i'm gonna throw them on this old record player and listen to them and she goes oh these records some of these are really valuable and right away i'm thinking oh god no <laughs> no 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 and she goes yeah well i wanted to get fifty dollars for the whole pile of these records and they're probably like 30 records in the pile that i pulled them out of and so i'm thinking 50 bucks for that pile of records you know no way those are like the ones i you know if i pick them up anywhere else they're a quarter 50 cents and then she pulls out the roger ramjet and she goes oh this one this is one of the valuable ones you know this gets 78 dollars on ebay I'm just like, oh, Christ, here we go. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to need $50 for this whole pile here. And I just looked at her, and I just turned around and walked away, cursing her under my breath. Oh, it just made me so angry. If you're going to have a garage sale, people out there who want to have a garage sale, if you look your stuff up on eBay and you see how valuable it is, Sell the fucking shit on eBay. Knock yourselves out. Get your digital camera and do it. Go up there, you know, okay, lady, go up there, take this record, take a picture of it, put it up on eBay, and see if you sell it. Put $50 on it because you know it's worth $75 and see how far you get. You know, she probably saw a mint condition Roger Ramjet record and it's still in its, you know, plastic wrap up there went for $78 and the dollar signs just started flying in her head meanwhile I'll bet you it's still sitting in her garage right now you know un unbought for that kind of business mm -hmm. and uh, you know if if have a garage sale or have an eBay sale or have a garage sale with one pile of stuff have an eBay pile with your other stuff that's really valuable and keep it inside don't let me look at it at your garage sale because it's like dangling candy in front of me you know it's 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 like a little dangle and then yank it away it's it's rude and it's just it ruins the experience i i know a garage sale is for you to get rid of your junk and to clean out your house and make a little money but there's also the other side of the garage sale where it's the people who are coming to it who are coming to buy stuff cheap because it's a garage sale. Now, uh, what I want to know is, I wonder, you know, is it just that we're, you know, we're older and we remember how garage sales, I wonder if this is how garage sales are these days and we're just not aware of it. Well, it, or or if garage sales are, are, are undergoing some sort of metamorphosis. Oh, they sure are. Or what. But I'm telling you, I mean, you know, I remember the way a yard sale used to be. You went, and it was literally, and, and and I even have people here tell me where I live, and I go to them now. If it's older people that aren't into the whole eBay, you know, I'm trying to make top dollar, they will even tell you, you know, get what you want because it's just going to go to Goodwill. Yep. That's a yard sale. Yep. You know, it's shit. I need to get it out my friggin' house. I'm tired of looking at it. I'm tired of storing it. I'm tired of having it in my way in the closet or whatever. I'm putting it out here. Please just take the shit. 
and you know it's it's almost not even about the money it's really about just cleaning your house getting getting you know? some room yes and i've had i've had the same thing happen to me that you're talking about i don't know how many yard sales i've been to lately where you go and it's you know they they've got top dollar prices on and i'm like this is a yard sale you know i mean it, it's almost like I don't know. It's, it's you know like what? you're going to a collectible show or if, something if instead yeah, of the art sale. But when you go to a collectible show or you go to somebody who has their collectible store and you pay those prices, you're paying for the rent on the store, you're paying for the rent at the space at the collectible show, you know. Right. All that. These people aren't paying rent on anything. It's just a, they, they just have – you know, there's always going to be the people who've collected their match their matchbook cars – Matchbox cars, and they've collected their Todd McFarlane figures and kept them in their box and stuff. And they have an inf- way inflated idea of what they are, and they put them out. But I just bypass that st- as soon as I see somebody with a whole bunch of like action figures still in their box. I, I, you know, sometimes I'll check it out, but most of the time, you know, they've got five, ten dollars, fifteen, twenty dollars on it, and it might even be worth right. that. You might have to pay that much on eBay to get it, but. That's not what I'm at a garage sale for. I'm at the garage sale to dig through the box full of all those beat-up action figures that some little kids played with and, you know, pull out something neat or, or, or you know, and, and finding something valuable, you know. I mean, there are also people who go to garage sales just there, – there's this guy. <laughs> we see him all the time, and he's like this big, fat, redneck guy in his Jeep – Drink it, swilling beer, and he just speeds up to the garage sale, screeches to a halt, leaves his old lady sitting in the car, comes running out and goes, you got any fishing poles or broken gold or blah, 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 you know, all the stuff that he wants to, to, to that he's going to make a fortune on because he's just read some stupid book on how to make a fortune at garage sales. And he comes in and he barks at the, you know, some poor old lady who's sitting out in her front yard with her little yappy dog. And in comes Joe Dirtbag, just like, you got any of this and this and this and this? And just sort of paws through everything and then runs back into his car to whip off to the next garage sale. Those people ruin it, too. Those people piss me off because those are the people that are up at like 6 a.m. going to yard sales and buying all all the good shit before you can get there. When I have my garage sale at the end of the year, those people pay double. My garage sale starts at 9 in the morning. Anybody who shows up before 9 pays double. And they will. Mm-hmm. They'll show up. They'll they'll rip right through your whole house if you don't pay attention to them. They'll they'll pull the price tag off something and stick their own price tag on it. They're, you know, they 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 they're 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 just looking to make a profit. Those people those those are the opposite ends of the people who you know. Well, you know what I do? I don't price anything anymore when I do a yard sale because we just had one this summer at the beginning of the summer because I just had a ton of crap that I wanted to get rid of. And I, I didn't price anything because, you know, where I live, you know, I live in Georgia. So, I mean, around here, yard selling is like a fucking sport, right? Yeah, it's and like you that get these too. assholes that see your sign and they think, well, you know, yard sale, well, I'll be there, you know, at 5 a.m., you know. So those people that show up and I've just barely started to get stuff out, no, I'm the same way, man. I'm going to charge them top dollar because I know that they're the, the, the sporting ones. You know, yeah. they're the ones that are out there doing it like it's some sort of profession or something. Yeah. So, I, But, you know, when I, when I had my yard sale, I mean, I, I did it two ways because, you know, 
again, I, I am a collector. I collect comics and um, among my you know, million other hobbies, but my main one's comics. So when I went through my comics, I made myself two stacks. I made myself a stack of, okay, this is stuff I don't really think I need to put this out of the yard sale because I know I'm not going to be happy with the price that anybody offers me on. Right. And then I had like crap that was like a dollar or 50 cents, you know, and I even had some like coverless books that were like, you know, basically, you know, free to a good home. And I put that stuff out. And then if I see somebody going through, especially if they look like they're looking for something and they're not just casually thumbing through, I'll just mention to them, I've got more books in the house that I didn't bring out. And if they're like, oh, well, I collect or, oh, I'm interested, then I'll dig them out. Otherwise, they stay in the house because they're going to hit eBay. And I don't bother to put that crap out there because people aren't going to pay those. I learned that a long time ago because I, I I think I did one or two yard sales where I put out like you were talking about, like the action figures still in the package. And people look at that stuff and see, $8 for an action figure? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this was something that, you know, you you can't buy it anymore. It was a limited, th- whatever. They don't give a shit, man. They're looking for shit that's a dollar right. or 50 cents, Hell you yeah. know? And, so, and hey, I am looking for something valuable that's for ten cents too. But you know what? That's like the you know that's like the the one little gold nugget. You get a gold nugget every once in a while. You know something that's really nice and you got it really cheap. But that's yep. and 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 that's part of the fun of it. That's what makes it fun. You know that's the thing is people don't people don't get people get too cavalier and pragmatic about it where they're just like. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to, 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 to find, you know, I'm here to antique hunt or, or all that. And it takes all the fun out of it. You know, it's, it's more fun to come in and chat with the people and pet their dog. And, and, you know, sometimes you hear some really interesting stories. And my roommate is, is really, you know, we went to this one garage sale a couple years ago and it was two old ladies and obviously like I think their aunt or their mother had died. Someone, someone in their family had died and they were taking care of the estate. And we came in and we're just looking around and uh, my roommate has a vintage clothing store so she buys a lot of clothes. She'll, she'll, she'll go and clean a place out of clothes if they have the stuff that she wants. So she's making her big pile of clothes and these old ladies are, are loving it. And, you know, we're just chit-chatting with them, you know, and we start chit-chatting about the lady who died because we're like, oh, I see she was a school teacher, you know, or was she a school teacher? It looks like it from this stuff, and oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So then it becomes therapy for these ladies. They get to talk about, you know, and all of a sudden this guy comes in, and he's looking for fishing rods. You got any fishing rods? And he just sort of, like, runs through and, like, paws through everything, you know, and this is... This is their, you know, their mother's stuff or something, you know, and this guy's rough, rough housing through it and digging through it. And then he's out the door and and he left and they were upset, you know, they were just like, geez. And my roommate start, we start talking about it. And after a while, they look at my roommate and they go, well, you know, there's more clothes upstairs. And before you know it, she's upstairs going through the real good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and we've and we've made a couple friends, you know. We've 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 done that a few times. Made friends with old ladies, and they'll call us up when when their friends having a garage sale or liquidate or God forbid dies, you know. But that happens right. a lot too, and that's just from being nice to people, treating them like human beings, you know, instead of somebody you're trying to acquire. That's that's the problem with our society these days. Is everybody's oh, trying to acquire <laughs> something from you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, somebody's either trying to sell you something 
or get oh, something you're on off a whole you. Oh, another rant now, but I'm telling you, yeah, that <laughs> that that goes into the manners are a lost art type of thing. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It it is a lost art. I mean, I I will still go out. I mean, because where I live, you know, we're not too far from the uh, from the Alabama border. Now Alabama does this thing where there's an entire stretch. Uh, of, of highway of this road, of highway mm, where it literally runs this. like the length of the state yes and i i did this once i think it was about two years ago and i went and i spent an entire day driving across alabama hitting yard sales and you would think oh nah it actually pretty much sucked was it more like I a mean, flea market than anything it was more like you know what you're bitching about it it was more like a fucking collectible show i mean you know, I'm going to see shit people want to get rid of. You know, that I, I I go with the mentality that these people have like cleaned out their attic or their basement and they just want to get rid of it. Yeah. No, it was. It was like a it was like a flea market slash collectible show. I mean, and the only comic I saw, and I mean, I went I don't know how many miles into the state. You know, I mean, I I did not go across the state, but I mean, I went a significant distance from my house. Right. I mean, I made a day out of this. The only book I saw, the no, I take that back. I saw two. One of them was this beat to shit old Marvel horror book, like you know, Tales from the Musty Vault or some right. fucking thing. And the guy had like fifty or sixty dollars on it, and I'm like, dude, you know, you're probably lucky if this is worth two dollars, you know. And I, you know, again, you know, I like you say, I just you know walked away shaking my head. Well, the other thing was, you know, I went to this one place, and all right, this is Alabama, right? So. Bama. You know, I went to this yard, and it's you know, I mean, it, it was like uh, it was like a stereotype. It really was. It was a trailer. You know, they had their hound dogs chained up. You know, <laughs> yeah. So this guy comes walking out, and there's this big green tub. You know, those ones you get at Walmart for like eight bucks. Sure. You know, this great big green tub full of comics i mean there had to be a, there had to be at least a thousand in this okay. tub I sounds, mean, just, sounds good so oh, far oh man i'm telling you i'm 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 thinking oh finally thank you jesus i finally found some comics you know i've been out on, and this is all i'm really looking for right half the fun is digging through a thousand comics yeah. so i go and I, I you know based on what i see on top you know there's it, it's all pretty much 90s stuff which i i'm covered on 90s right but I'm thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll dig through. I might find some stuff. Maybe there'll be a couple gems in there, whatever. And I'm going through, and it's nothing really spectacular. A lot of image, a lot of valiant, a lot of defiant, right. a, a lot of the stuff during that whole speculator boom, you yep. know, that just about killed the hobby. I saw a few piles of those today, too. So, you know, I'm digging through, and I'm weeding some stuff out, and I'm making myself a nice little pile. And the guy starts in about, you know, he's not going to split, you know, basically he's telling me don't bother to look through it. I'm not splitting it up. He's like, $200, you can have the whole tub. I'm thinking, now, based on what I've seen in here, right. nah, you know, I, I'd give you maybe 50 bucks for the whole thing, right? Even if it was worth like 500 bucks for all those comics, it wouldn't be worth it to dig through them and sell them and make your money no, back. It, I'm telling you, I, I know from experience because there was a comic shop not too far from where I live. I, I got to be friends with the guy who ran it and, and it was him and his father who ran the thing. They decided to get out of the business. They were going into something else. He had a back room 
filled with shit that he just didn't have the time to deal with. So when it, when they went out of business, he let me buy his entire backroom stock, and I think I paid $2,000 for it. And I got... I'm trying to remember how many boxes it was. It was a couple hundred comment, you know, long boxes. Oh, Jesus. Full of shit, right? So I'm thinking, man, I have hit the fucking mother load, right? So I, you know, my intention is I'm going to go through, I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to resell the rest on eBay, make my money back. I'm not looking to make a killing. I just want to get my two, you know, my $2,000 back. Well, I went through, I was making a killing for a while, but it was so much work and it was such a pain in the ass. And I got down to a point where it was really all that shit left, you know, all the, you know, just the stuff. And I don't want to shit on anybody's collection by saying, you know, exactly what it was, but it was basically undesirables. You know, it was comments that, you know, nobody really wants. I ended up, when I finally got down that far, I listed that stuff alone for the 2000 that, that. You know, I, I needed to, to break even. I had a guy come in a U-Haul van, pick it up, take it away. So I know that what this guy had in this bin, there's no way I would right. get my money, <laughs> you know, paying the 200 bucks and weeding out what I wanted out of it. No, there was no way. I was like, no, I'm sorry, dude. So, you know, I, I'm trying to talk to him about, you know, going through and just, you know, let me break it up and, and get and he was like, no, no, no. So he's pulling out like... Uh, I think it's called Deathmate. I forget. It was this big crossover book that uh, that one of Image or one of those companies did with like all their characters? The thing's not worth the paper it's printed on, right? Yeah, yeah. It might as well heat your house with it. Yeah, and this was like the gold edition or something. He's making this. <laughs> oh, this book is worth a shitload of money, man. It's oh, it's, it's worth so much. And he pulls out a guide from like you know like nineteen you know ninety two or something. You know, when it was like, worth look, something look. for ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, you know, you got to remember this was during that whole speculator boom. And he looks at me like I'm speaking in Japanese or something. Yep. He has no fucking clue what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, it was just a totally wasted day. Yeah, you know? He's one of those guys that shows up on Antique Roadshow with the thing that he's had in their family for, you know, once when you have something like that and it gets valuable, it just gets stuck in your head that it's valuable. Yep. And then twenty years down the line, you've you've inflated that value in your head, and then they go to Antiques Roadshow, and the guy goes, "Oh yeah, this is a knockoff. <laughs> it looks pretty, but it's worth about five dollars." And you just see him, yeah. and, and you can see him, and they look at the guy, and they don't even believe him for the first, you know, on Antique Roadshow they do because they, you know, they're experts or whatever. But you know, it takes them ten or fifteen minutes to digest that and actually believe that they're you know valuable valuable heirloom and i is worthless and i that just cracks me up because you know a valuable valuable heirloom should be valuable because it has some sort of meaning to your family and you you know rather than how much money it's worth unless it was you know passed down to pay for junior's college tuition or something and then it could be kind of disappointing but still people just are way too focused on the the money aspect of every everything in general, but it it just ruins. Believe me, I I have a lot of sympathy for these mid nineties speculator. You know, not I'm not talking the assholes that you know that were already into comics. Yeah, you know, should have known better. They should have known that they were raping their hobby and and really hurting it. I'm talking about the people that were probably just getting into comics or or whatever that. 
you know, thought that they were getting in on the ground floor of, of something exciting. You know, I, those kind of people I do feel sorry for because, you know, yeah. I remember the days when, like, Micronauts number one was a huge fucking deal, you know, where, yeah. you know, that was the book, you know, and now you can find it in 50 cent bins. How are any the, Howard the Duck was like that for a little, you know, yeah. lots of things. Ah. Have their, I'm just, I'm just loving the term raping their hobby. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that term's ever been used before. I think you, you're probably the first one who who's come up with the concept oh, of someone's I'm, hobby being raped. <laughs> hey, that's exactly how I feel about it though because yeah. you know, I I I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it. I did the same thing during the 90s to a to a certain extent. I never got into all that independent stuff, you know, with the somehow or other, I don't know how, although I've I've never stopped collecting comics, you know, from the moment I started till now, I've never stopped. You know, I've had my peaks and valleys where, you know, maybe I went down to just a few things. But somehow I missed that whole thing in the 90s with like you know, when all those other companies, Image and Valiant and all that junk started up. I, I just I just remember I seeing that stuff that and going, this. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to oh, cut go ahead. No, I no, just no, remember didn't... seeing that stuff and, and, and thinking to myself, wow, this is crap. It's just derivative garbage meant to push fanboy buttons. And and all the different covers and all the gimmicky stuff. It was just it was crap, and I hated the paper it was published on, and you know, just it it it, it not, none of it appealed to me. None of it none of it had any real writing or even a lot of. And even if it had decent art, a lot of it was ruined by by just the way it looked on the paper. I liked comics to be on that crappy newsprint paper, you know? Yeah. When that, they put yeah, it in the shot. That know. drives me nuts. It's hard as hell to read comics like that, you know? I, I mean, I, I like the fact that the paper doesn't disintegrate to just, you know, it doesn't yellow and it doesn't disintegrate like, like the standard newsprint stuff. But I'm telling you, laying in bed trying to read that stuff, you know, you gotta, you gotta sit exactly a certain way or you can't see it for the friggin' glare, glare off of it. Off this is reading comics, but yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. And what's funny is, you know, you know, you know how I collect comics. My my main thing is, you know, when it comes to back issues, I buy collections. You know, I buy, I'll buy an entire collection, I'll weed out what I want, and I'll dump the rest. You know, just try to make my money back. You know, and that's primarily how I buy older comics. You know, yeah, it's well, and it's so, like it's like the junkie selling drugs to. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 keep their habit, you know, to keep up well, their habit. I don't know if I'd go that far, but sure. Well, you know, just through that process, I, I've I've acquired just a, a ton of stuff that I don't even know if I'll ever get around to reading it. But I, I've I've acquired a lot of that '90s stuff now, and I've been going through and looking at some of it recently. And you know what's funny is a lot of it. I think what the problem was is a lot of it didn't start out as crap. A lot of it, like the first few issues of some of those series, were actually actually pretty good. You know, they they had good art, the stories were decent. But what happened was, they were something new, they were something exciting, they were something different, and they they did what what always happens. They killed it because then they they just mass they merchandise. Hump, they you know, humped they, it to death. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. They and jumped and on it and started humping it till it was dead. You know, they they discovered that, you know, oh, you know, people like this guy's art. Well, let's hire twenty more people to draw exactly like him and churn out a bunch of shit. You yeah. know, 
And oh, wow, we can, we, when you put like silver covered, foil on it, people yeah. buy more of them. Oh, yeah, silver foil, you know, TNA, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, we can put a pair of boobs on the cover and people will buy it just because it's got boobs. Oh, well, shit, let's put boobs on all our covers. I can't remember, but I saw uh. some, some comic came out and I was when I was last time I was in my comic shop just to pick up my Walking Dead. And uh, there were seven different covers for the same comic. And I was... Yeah. And, I, it might have been some Evil Dead. One of uh, some it's Evil crazy. Dead I knockoff. I can't believe that that has come back again. That that's a big deal again. What they're doing now is they'll they'll come out with a comic, right? They'll come out with, you know, Dirt Man number twelve, right? And they'll have your standard cover, and then they'll have like a one in twenty cover, right? And then they'll have like a one in seventy five cover, and yeah. then they'll have like a one in twelve million cover. And like depending on what the ratio is, is what so you can value. expect to pay for that, or you know what? Yeah, exactly the value down the road, but also what you can pay at the time. Some of these things, I mean, the retail price at the store when it's coming out is absolutely goddamn ridiculous. It's like you know, twenty bucks or or better for for the same issue you could buy you know for the standard and it's only because it's got some special cover on it now i've actually heard of some stores that are that are bypassing that whole thing and when they get that box and it's got like the that one special cover right. they're just throwing it on the shelf they're and throwing it on the shelf for whoever the hell happens to i applaud those i people. i, I that is wonderful that. yeah that is wonderful. That and that puts the aspect, and that makes it that makes it more appealing to me, because then it isn't some stupid, you know. You have that you have that thing of like, okay, maybe I'll be the early bird and I'll get it, or maybe I'll be the first one to flip through the pile and see it there. You know, that's kind of neat. Then you're then you're the lucky one, and you pay the reg and you pay the cover price for it. But um, yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm sure it used to happen with the action figures because they used to do the same thing. I think they used to call it a chase figure or something. And for every box of Han Solos that would come in, there'd be the one Han Solo with his herpes breakout or whatever it was. Or, you know, <laughs> Han Solo with with kung fu elbow or something, and, and there'd be one of them in the box. Buy that figure. <laughs> <laughs> Menstruating, well, I mean, you know, the menstruating nobody... Princess Leia, you know, PMS oh, she... Princess Leia figure, where she's angry and throwing something at somebody, and and you know, and I bet you a lot of the like WalMarts and Kmart's that had like some pimply faced teenager, they'd throw those things right up on the racks, you know, but then when they started getting smart about it, you know, somebody in the storeroom would take those ones out and buy them themselves, and then take them down to the comic shop and. I wouldn't know anybody like that. There was a there was a uh, a clerk's comic book that lampooned that whole thing. That was really funny about pe about like a nerd mafia that would hijack that would you know have sp secret auctions in back of the Walmart. You know, with the with the action, <laughs> they would be in the back of the truck with all the other nerds and like two bodyguards and like doling out the you know the the chase figures or the the you know the one in 25 figures or whatever like that it was very funny highly now, recommend was, uh, any any clerks or jay and silent bob related comic books that you can find i was a, a target toy department manager for almost three years and uh 
I, I have a confession to make. I was one of those people for a while. But, you know, I mean, you know, I, you, you got to remember that Scott, these people Scott, I would have done the honest, same thing. <laughs> man, I wasn't making shit at that job. I was there. You know, anybody that works retail, they're there because they're either a complete goddamn loser that can't find anything else to do or they love retail for some weird-ass reason. And somehow Somebody's retail just – got into my blood i really while i did it i actually did somewhat enjoy it you know but uh yeah i mean when i when i learned what assholes on the internet would pay for those stupid uh oh god i can't remember what they're called now they were the they're the special chase they're like a chase figure but they're for hot wheels the special hot Uh wheel i can't remember what the hell they're called Somebody will email and tell me, I hope, and probably call me an asshole for doing this. But, you know, when I learned what those things were worth, hell yeah, I was pulling those things out of there. I would have done the same thing. I mean, you're talking you're talking something that at that time I paid, I don't know, we used to, I think we charged like 92 cents or something. I don't know, it was less than a dollar anyway for the Hot Wheel. But there was, in, in every so many cases, there was one car. That was the valuable car. God damn, it's bugging me that I can't remember the name of what they call those. But basically, it was a chase figure. I'd pull those things out and slap those things on eBay. And every damn time, at least $75. At least $75. And I mean, you know, hell, man, I needed that money, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially if you're working retail. Yeah, <laughs> in a goddamn retail job, you know, you never have a fucking night or a weekend free, you know? Fuck you. I'm going to make some extra cash on the side any way I can, you know? I'm sorry if that pisses somebody off, but, you know? Plus, now, I feel sorry for, you know, there are some honest people out there that are just looking to, you know, they're nice people. They've got their little collection. I, you know, I feel bad for those. And, and, and I... Actually, I, I got to know a lot of my customers. Those kind of people, you know, if they were nice, they were respectful, they were, you know, they weren't just looking to be an ass about it. Those people, I would pull them aside figures or I would tell them, you know what, I just put up the latest stuff. If you look on peg number such and such all the way at the back, you might find a little surprise. Those kind of people I was nice to. The people I wasn't nice to were the fucking assholes that are in there every toy day, you know, every receiving yeah. day. As soon as the store opens, going through my entire fucking rack, destroying the place, grilling me on where is the chaser? I know it's out. I know that you know you're hoarding, and they're being assholes, and they're like you know fifty, sixty years old, and you know they're just doing it for the the money, you know. Yeah. It's like fuck you, you know. You're not in it about the, you're not about the hobby. You're not about they're you know. A leech. I, I had yeah, I had no problem whatsoever beating those people at their own game basically you know maybe it makes me no better than them but you know i'm not raping my own hobby either i wasn't into it and i i would like to think that whoever i was putting that stuff up on ebay for if they're willing to pay 75 bucks they probably are buying it for their own collection they're probably not gonna turn it around and, and take it somewhere else you know what i mean uh-huh. I, I, at least that's my i don't know that's my guess but Something you said you were saying about comics. This this goes into something that drives me nuts with that whole cover variant thing. People need to remember, and this goes along with this slabbing books thing that's going on now, having them graded and put into these stupid, uh, you know, plastic coffins and all that bullshit yep. that's going on. Look, bottom line, comic books are not baseball cards. All right, they're not meant to sit in a piece of plastic where all you can see is that pretty cover. 
crack them fucking things open and read the damn book. You, and know? you know what? And if it ain't worth reading, it ain't worth having in your collection. Exactly. exactly. No, I nobody nobody appreciates a pretty cover more than I do. I, as a matter of fact, I am thirteen thousand scans into scanning all the covers of my comic books simply to have not only in my personal inventory, but I, I've created a wall, uh, not a wallpaper, what do you call it? A screensaver Screen program of comic book covers, of my comic book covers from my collection. That's how much I like comic book covers. But this whole thing with the variant covers and slabbing books, it's just, it's ridiculous. God damn it, people. They're books. They are books. Open them and read them. It's what they're there for. God forbid you might crease a page. But hey, I think I think this is a good uh, good time to wrap up this segment, which I am going to name Hobby Raping with Scott and Chris. <laughs> we'll have to revisit this subject. This oh, will be yeah. a recur- this will be a recurring uh, uh, theme for us, Hobby Raping. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back with some uh, – we'll have some comments on some of the trailers we've seen for some upcoming movies. And, boy, we've got some strong oh, opinions yes, on this stuff. We- Yes, we do. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Freak Museum. Why don't you come inside? Yes, watch your step. Yes, come this way. You'll notice to your left a perfectly preserved wild Waffledorfer beast. And over here... We have our newest acquisition, a rare example of the true freak. We've acquired two of them from different parts of the country, no less. Oh, don't worry. They're quite restrained well. Yes, we've sedated them with uh, Back to the Future 1 through 3. They've watched them 84 times, so they're quite harmless. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get your fingers too close to his mouth. He'll snap. Yes, just keep your distance and you're quite safe. But, wait, let me turn this music off. You think that's freaky, huh? Well, listen to this.
Okay, we're back from break. And uh, the other thing that we kind of wanted to touch on just uh, in our idle chit-chat was uh, there's some exciting new movie trailers out that we've seen and some not-so-exciting movie trailers out that we've seen. And uh, we're just going to kind of BS a little bit about uh, the new ones that are out there. What do you got, Freak? Well, there's just all of a sudden there there were a bunch of them. And I, and I uh, <coughs> just to drop names, I, I hang out at the uh, Film Threat website a lot that's where i like to their reviews usually skew sort of if i i can tell what if how they review a movie sort of what to expect and uh but they also have a link when a new trailer will come out and, the, and i saw that there was a trailer for a new terminator movie and a new and uh an adaption of will eisner's a spirit now they've probably been out for a little while and i'm just late to find him but i just saw him yesterday and the terminator one Eh, it's not coming out till next summer. They had a little bit of footage for it. It looked interesting, like a big claw coming through, some big machine coming through a building and grabbing a guy. But it was all really quick cuts. And uh, we'll see. So far, I I like, well, Terminator 1 and 2 are great. Terminator 3, I like Terminator 3, and I like the TV show. So mm-hmm. hopefully... Hopefully this will be, you know, have some continuity in the writing and it'll mesh in or will be up to the quality. I'm, I'm assuming that Schwarzenegger's probably not in it since he's the governator right now. I don't think he has time to film Terminator movies. Yeah, I don't think he's been in anything since he went into office. I don't think he Has-ing? can, really. I don't... Okay. I, yeah, that might be it. Um... So he's probably not involved, but the TV show has pretty much uh, set the whole, um, you know, set a whole precedent for all different kinds of Terminators. You know, so you don't have to have a Schwarzenegger Terminator. Well, that's one of the the things that's been kind of bugging me about the films, anyway, is that you know, the the Terminator always looks like Schwarzenegger, except when it doesn't look like Schwarzenegger, and that's kind of weird because even in the very first movie if you remember in the flashback now granted it's a dream sequence but in the flashback or flash forward wherever you want to call it um that shows kyle in the future that he comes from there's a terminator attack and that terminator is not schwarzenegger it's it's just a big you know big muscle-bound guy I mean, he's got the same body style and all that, but it's not Schwarzenegger. Well, I have a theory about that. And I have a theory that the Schwarzenegger model was maybe the first prototype of Terminator, the human-looking Terminator that they made. Uh, yeah, he does and, say that they're and new. So, so immediately, they sent him after Sarah Connor. And um, so I'm thinking... My theory is that Terminator was probably the easiest Terminator for John Connor to defeat and hack in order to send it back through time. So he had to use that first Terminator model because, or, you know, or prototype or that style of Terminator because it was probably the easiest one for them to reprogram, you know, and, you know, after a while they started making them of the liquid metal, you know, so <laughs> what are you going to do okay. with that? So you just got to kind of question, though, I mean, how, how good an infiltration unit is it when everyone has, you know, well, not they everyone, all look the same. when you've got three of them now that look exactly the same, yeah. you've got to kind of wonder how, how good a strategy that is. But. Yeah, he probably just used the old and then he sent and then he sent them back and 
in Terminator 3 because that's what John Connor was familiar was familiar with, with. Yeah. and so that that could explain it you know because there, yeah. there obviously there's different there's all those terminators that sort of look like uh oh I can't remember the actor we were just talking about him he was in the Vengeance Unlimited show Michael Madsen they all mm. they, they all just look like that sort of beef beefy guy with a Jay Leno chin with a lantern jaw I I think you received this this trailer better than I did because I, I I have to say now granted being fair it's not really a trailer it's really a teaser yeah. I mean it shows a little bit of footage but it doesn't really show you it's anything. coming it's out in of, a year because that's probably all the footage they have or you know or just I mean, a little clip from everything yeah it's all speed cuts I mean you'd really have to go through it frame for frame to really make anything out because I'm curious what that thing is that rises up out of the floor in the very last quick cut. I meant to go through it frame for frame just to see what the hell that is, and I, I just I never got back to it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm glad they're doing another one. I'm glad that number three wasn't the franchise killer everybody seemed to make it out to be because I didn't think it was that bad a movie. But what makes me nervous is I hope if this one's not good or if it underperforms, I hope it doesn't affect the TV show. And I haven't heard yet whether they've been renewed for a second season, but I would imagine they probably have because that was a quality show and I've really been enjoying it. So I'm hoping they're coming back. But the, 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 the TV show basically ignores the third movie, but because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't Although seen it. Although it does use some of the elements from the thir third movie movie well yeah i mean it, it, like Sarah it does cancer yeah it does i mean it, it picks and chooses but basically they go with the and they start with the end of the second film and and create a, a new timeline basically that that kind of bypasses the third one although like you say some elements of the third one are used so i'm hoping that this one does not contradict the tv show I don't expect them to necessarily pay attention to the TV show, but I hope it doesn't outright contradict. Like, if they pick up from the third movie, then that's going to just create a headache for anybody who's trying to keep all this straight upstairs. And again, like I say, if it, you know, if it comes out and then it blows or it underperforms or whatever, I hope that that doesn't affect how the TV show... I hope they're treating it basically like two different entities. Well, it stars, it stars Batman... Ugh. I'm just assuming it's it's Christian Bale. I'm assuming he's John Connor, but maybe he's not. Hopefully, but no, he's he says he's John. He's Connor. John Connor, and, yeah. and and you know, whatever. I think he basically and like his acting in Batman. I haven't seen the new Batman, but Batman Begins was basically he talked in the Michael Keaton husky voice when he's Batman. And the his Bruce Wayne character was pretty by the books, just sort of. Do you like him? Um, I liked, um, what was the first movie he did with that director that was all shot in reverse? That was a good movie. And that's about all I really like. No but idea. I, I don't, I, I can't, Memento. Oh, okay. He starred Memento, and that was a good movie, and he was good in it. And I didn't dislike him as Bruce Wayne in Batman, but I didn't think it, there was anything really exceptional or spectacular about his performance or, or more exactly. nuanced or anything, you know, I mean, I think he looked a little more lean and mean than like Michael Keaton, 
because Michael Keaton just didn't never really sold it for me. And and George Clooney, come on. The other preview I saw was um, for the Spirit, and it looks like Frank Miller's behind it. And I gotta tell you, I don't think I like it. I don't think I like it because it's a it's got that Sin City look, which yeah, I like. That's liked. the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I liked Sin City. But Robert Rodriguez is directing Sin City. This is Frank Miller. He's using the same style. And and actually... From, was uh, Miller actually directing this one? I believe so. But they're like Ooh. from the mind of Frank Miller because Frank Miller didn't... Well, he maybe he wrote it. But uh, if it was Rodriguez directing it, they would definitely be splattering that all over. Too. I don't know. I like me some Frank Miller, but I've only got one, two words for any Frank Miller movie. <laughs> RoboCop 2. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you this about Frank Miller. Frank Miller really had a fertile time period where he reinvented stuff. And he basically, he was the first mainstream comic guy who took and like, I've, I've since come to read <laughs> a lot of the, yes, it, <laughs> thank you. I'll fix that Too many post. <laughs> um, but he 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 read a lot of manga, but like this samurai manga, and he like got a lot of his style from that. And but he had his own style, but he brought that sort of that sort of Asian um, ninja comic aesthetic to American comics and always and and you know put ninjas into daredevil and put ninjas into wolverine's story cuz he liked drawing ninjas and he could use and it was sort of like Quentin Tarantino a lot of his movies are scene for scene for like re reshoots of certain asian action movies are his way of paying tribute to it and um he had this real fertile time where he was where his writing was exceptionally good but after a while, now looking back, and I love that old stuff, but Frank Miller's a really pretentious writer. Right. He's very, you know, he gets very serious, solemn, and kind of preachy. And when and Sin City, which I never really followed, I'd read a few Sin Cities, and they were visually gorgeous. And the stories were your standard, you know, pulp fiction sort of detective bloody, gory, sexy stories, and he would use it, his style keeps getting spare and spare and like using one color. It was, it was all really beautiful to look at, but I never, I just never followed it. But the movie was, I, I really enjoyed the movie, but Robert Rodriguez directed the movie and he has this brilliant visual style and he has a sense of humor. And the humor, whatever little bits of humor and, and personality that he put into it really made the movie good. And, and supposedly, Frank Miller really directed like directed a good portion of that movie. But there, for some reason, because he doesn't belong to the director's union or something, he couldn't oh, yeah, have his yeah, name on it. And so it's all the credit was given to Rodriguez. So Frank Miller knows his, and he's written for movies before, but once again, RoboCop 2. Mm -hmm. But, um... I don't know if you remember this from when we were kids, but uh, you, you had to drag me kicking and screaming into the world of Frank Miller, because I, I just... I've always appreciated his writing, 
but it took me a long, long time before I could even look at his art. artwork. Yeah, and and I and I'm still not a fan, but I mean I can look at it now. But yeah, I remember when when that first stuff first started to come out, and you kept buying it, and you were showing me, you're like, man, look at the stuff he's now. I was like, Ugh. but yeah, it took me a long time to. But here's my 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 how I look at Frank Miller is kind of the same way I look at and, and almost feel sorry for like. Uh, Say like the first Psycho movie, or the first Halloween movie, yes, or or classic George Romero, mm-hmm. is through a lot of viewings and a hell of a lot of imitation. You go back and you look at the original stuff, and it doesn't seem like it holds up. And it's not that it doesn't hold up; it's just that you've become so used to it it's been so in your face for all these years through like i say through constant imitation that that it gets watered down to a point where it you you, you're not able to look at it and see what stunned you anymore and not only aren't we able to i kind of think he can't either because anything i've read of his in the past few years it kind of feels like he's lost it because he invented something that was amazing, and he can't. But now everybody's done on. it. And he can't exactly. He can't move on. So he's basically trying to live. It's it's that George Romero syndrome. He's trying to live off the the past thing, but still striving to try to give us something new, and it never quite never comes quite off. Works, and and uh, I I really like. He did a lot of things uh, uh, like work against comic book censorship. And stuff right. like that, but I didn't. Re- I haven't really liked really liked anything he's done since Ronin, and uh, and I really like. I bought the I bought the comics for three hundred when they came out. However many it was probably like eight years back, nine years back, and I saw them at the comic shop, and I was like, this looks really nice. So I read them, and they were an entertaining read. But once again, they were really short. They were about a five minute read each one because it was sort of like a collection of splash pages. And uh, going back to episode one, um, but and I remember reading and going, well, that was good, but eh, you know, it had some really neat visual stuff in it. And uh, then the movie came out, and everybody was all excited about the movie, and it was getting really good reviews. And uh, I put the comics up on eBay and sold them. I said, oh, everybody's going to be after them now. So I had first printing and so whatever. So I sold them because I was like, I love to do that. Because I was like, I don't, I actually, I don't, I don't give a shit about these. It's, I'm a big fan of Frank Miller, but you know what? I could really care less if I ever read these again. And somebody's going to want them more than me. And I, I love went, my comics, but every time a big movie comes out that that's raking in the money like that, I, I dig up. If I've got the source material, I dig it up and put it up on eBay. And I made, I can't remember now, somewhere between 150 and 200 bucks off of an Amazing Spider-Man number 300 I sold when the third movie came out. The only one I couldn't part with, um, I've got the first um, Swamp Thing where Constantine showed up oh yeah and when the yeah. movie constantine came out all of a sudden that swamp thing was worth a lot of money and i was like i'm not gonna i love those comics yeah me too and uh but uh anyway i went to see 300 and and am i the only person in the world who thought that movie was the biggest piece of shit waste of time and money <laughs> Ever. You're the first person I've heard say that. No, oh I haven't my seen god! It what You're a... the first person I've heard say that. I think it would be a great movie if you were in the closet, gay, 
because it's <laughs> a lot of like Greek homoerotic guys with their shirts off, sweating and rubbing against each other. And tell me, Billy, you like gladiator that, movies? Exactly. That's about the only. That's about the only th- way I could see that someone would. But everybody I know is like, oh my god, the special effects are impressive. Blah. The visual style. What the fuck? They shot it all in front of a green screen, and it looks like it. And uh, it's yeah, there's some very neat visual stuff, but it suffers from that video going and then going into slow motion and just that that and speeding up and then slowing down. That that bullshit is yeah. gonna date that movie so bad. And when I watch it, I think, how does this add to anything in it? It was all it was like the comics. It was all style, no substance at all. And uh, there were some scenes in it that were so ridiculously, horribly overacted. And it was so pretentiously written. And when I saw the spirit preview, it's uh, the spirit, this is my city, and blah, 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 the city, and he's running through the you city. Know, you know what I thought of when he was saying that about this is the city or this is my city? I kept thinking of the tick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and he's running across rooftops like the tick. But, but it's you know, all... that, that's not a slam because I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out and say this, and I don't say this with any pride whatsoever. But I'm gonna skip this movie solely on the basis of I don't know shit about the spirit. Sadly, I have never been exposed to the spirit. I it's wish to God I had because I've heard so much wonderful. stuff about um about Will Eisner oh. that I wish that I had been introduced, but I, I never have, and I don't want to. Prejudice my view one way or the other by seeing the movie before I've ever read any of the classic spirit stuff. So I, I plan to skip this one solely I, on. I that will. Basis. I will say right now that I think Will Eisner is probably the greatest comic illustrator ever in the history of. Uh, fuck Jack Kirby. He's great. Whatever. Any visual. Whoever. Frank Miller. Will Eisner's. Spirit comics were so far ahead of their time. Story like the the intensity and the layering of the stories, and um, the the visual layout is still you can't beat it. You can't beat it. The only person that I think is comparable, and this is this you'll think this is out of left field, is Walt Kelly, who did Pogo. Oh yeah, he had yeah. an incredible visual style. I mean, I style. hear those. Yeah, I mean, I hear that name in in those same. You know, as like your Kirby and your. Uh, yeah. Um, oh shit! I'm drawing a blank on like the classic guys with like your Prince Valiant and Flash Gordon. But and, both of them understood how much they you could put into the format of a comic book at a very early time in the career of car, you know the spirit mostly. They they published I think some collected spirits, but the spirit was mostly something in the Sunday comics, right? So it was like you know a six seven page story in the Sunday comics, or sometimes it was two or three parts. But Walt Hadley, again from episode one, um, had lent me all well sold me all those old Warren reprints of the spirit and. Just the, uh, I mean, there was some politically incorrect. He had his little black, oh, yeah. little black um, sidekick Ebony, who with the big white lips, who talked in, you know, the, in total jive talk, and it, you know, which I didn't see Ebony at all in the trailers for this. But the the thing about the spirit comics is they were funny, 
And he's got the, and I saw there are two trailers, one focused on all the different women, which is another running get all the women love the spirit and or after the spirit and that's he's got that element in it but i don't think he's going to have the humor and if he does it's going to be forced but there's just an inherent humor in all those comics some of them were some some episodes are played for tragedy some are played for total laughs and uh but there's always some humor in it there's always some visual joke or there or a situational joke and it was very much like uh, a ver there was a variety of things. There were detective stories, there were action stories, crime stories, sort of weirder stories with people changing their faces or, you know, weirder elements in them or supernatural elements. But it was always something different. And there was always a sort of lighthearted banter going on between everybody in that sort of old detective style. And I don't think Frank Miller will get it right. And visually... It didn't look like Sin City. His thing looks like Sin City. He's doing it in black and white, like most spirits were black and white. But they had a fluidity to them that Sin City doesn't. Sin City, that style has an angularity to it and a starkness to it. And, and even when Will Eisner was drawing stuff in plain black and white, it was very fluid and it was, um, 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 <laughs> no noir cinema you know oh, yeah. it was like it was like noir i knew what cinema, word you were going for and i couldn't think of it either which uh which miller miller loves that too you know lights through slats and stuff but if it's if it's sin city style it's just not gonna work it's not gonna work you know it wasn't a style it didn't take place in a stylized world you could see the docks and and the water and everything it wasn't it wasn't the stylized thing and i think he's capitalizing off the sin city popularity and i hear they're making sin city too also so you know he's sort of it's it's so it's a little humpy looking little humpy looking i'm i'm very suspicious it might be a download for me i don't know i have to see i have to see some more of it but boy i mean a spirit movie it better be good. It has to be really good if it's gonna please me. Because, boy, those comics—they—they're just—I—I I, I mean, I break them out every year or two, and I'll just read through them. I was just gonna ask you if you still had those. Oh yeah, I'll never get rid of those. I'll never get—you know—anything I got from Walt Hadley, I just have kept. You know, because yeah, it was all—that was the stuff that I started with. You know, I—I I just couldn't imagine putting a dollar value on it no matter how valuable it is or i don't think those spirits are worth anything they don't even have covers on them you know the cover it, covers are torn off they're probably from the paper plant but who cares you know there's 75 pages each one you know you can oh it's great but um well i hope our uh, listeners like our long ones because that was only two movies and we still have I have still have four on on my list. I don't know how many you might have on yours, but uh, let's take a quick break and uh, and we'll get back into this. All right, we'll be right back. Call the roll, call the roll, call the roll, call the roll, call the roll of the Justice League of America. Superman here, Aquaman here, Wonder Woman here, Flash. Here and a morpho. Here, plastic man. Here and Batman. Here, yeah, here they come. Hey, look out, jump into Justice League. 
the Justice League. Superheroes all always on the ball. It's the Justice League. The Justice League takes big trouble with a capital B. A super colossal calamity. A tremendous, stupendous catastrophe to bring them all out swinging. And when they're swinging, man, they're bringing big trouble with a capital T for any suit up super enemy. On Earth or in space or land or sea Hey, do they put on a show Anywhere the four winds blow When they get the call, watch them go The Justice League Yeah, the Justice League Oh, the Justice League Alright, so here we are in the third part of our formless Um... <laughs> Ramble. Topicless episode. Ramble, 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 we're, ramble, ramble. Where we're talking about previews we've seen on uh, on the YouTubes and the internets. Of, the uh, internets. Is there another movies. one? I used this one already. <laughs> the interwebs. Interwebs. So um, what, what what did we leave off with? What was the next one that was on uh, that, that yeah, the list? The next one. I don't know if you've seen this next one. It was uh, The Watchmen. Have you seen the, the I trailer? I have seen the trailer for this. Oh, okay. But it's material I'm unfamiliar with. I never read the comic. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I haven't. All the time. I had a friend who lent it to me, and I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. I would be very, very curious to know what you think of this because um, – Man, it seems like I'm saying this all the time on this show, but I don't see what the big deal is about Watchmen. Now, I'll pr- I, for everybody out there that's just threw down their iPod and disgust, going, "What the, what the fuck is he talking?" Alan now, Moore I, knows I, the score, man. Oh, he does, and I love Alan Moore. But you know, this is a this is a great story. It, it, it's a it's a hell of a read. I, I just. Is it the ultimate comic book? Exp- no, I don't think so. I mean, it, there's so much hype behind this series that I, I think my problem was is that I I didn't read it as it came out. I remember I'm trying to think what year did this come out? Eighty six, something like that. I'm something not really sure. That, so we were what about eight? I guess I was old enough to have really understood it and got into it, but I've never been a big indie person. I've never been a big non-mainstream i mean i'm all about you know your superman and that's the, you know the mainstream dc the mainstream marvel and that's pretty much me and i remember when this came out i snagged the first issue i must have read it because back then you know i didn't have you know 20 you know long boxes of back you know log stuff to read so i i must have read it I just can't really remember reading it, and and anyway, it wasn't enough for me to get it. There was just in in 1985 and 1986, there were a million new books out, and they were all you know. This was right after the crisis. The slate was clean for me, and so I was picking up like every DC thing in in you know that was coming out. The whole universe was new again, and this was just one of those things. You know, I I, I picked it up, and it must have just fallen by the wayside. So it was really. Years and years went by before I tracked down all 12 issues and and sat and read the thing. And I I can't even tell you what year it was when I finally read it, but it actually was not horribly long ago. I mean, it wasn't 20 years ago, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't 10 years ago either. But 
Anyway, I read it well after the legend of Watchmen was established, and I walked away going, all right, that was really good, but, you know, what's all the, the hype phenomena. Yeah, I mean, it didn't blow me. It didn't blow my socks off. It didn't blow me away. It didn't change my life, you know. It was just a really good book. And, uh, you know, there's so many, many comic books things that are hyped that way you know and uh, and thankfully this wasn't one of the ones where i walked away going jesus this sucked what is everybody talking about you know like arkham asylum i don't care what anybody says arkham asylum fucking sucks you can have your opinion you can think what you want i think it sucks and i don't see what what the big deal is about it but that's a rant for a, a different day I don't think Watchmen sucks. I I acknowledge that it's a great read. I, I just I, I just don't see what all the big deal is about. That being said, I think that will actually play very well into my enjoyment of the movie because everybody else is sweating bullets and going, "Oh man, they're gonna fuck it up, man. It's gonna be awful. They're not gonna do this yeah. part. And they're not." Gonna, you know, to me, I think that's a story that could really use some trimming. So, you know, Which if they they'll have it, to do, they'll have to do. So, I mean, if they weed it down to the essentials in that story, it might actually work a lot better. Because, uh, you know, it, it, it's also an Alan Moore story is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. You know, I'm one of the, like, three people on the planet that loved the movie. And one of the reasons I liked the movie was they trimmed the fat and they gave you the essentials. You know, they gave you a basic story of, you know, these classic literary figures that gang up and beat the hell out of somebody. And that's yep. really all I wanted out of that story. I didn't need, you know, I don't know how many issues the thing was, but I've tried to read that. And it's just, you know, it's really a lot of just Alan Moore just, you know, getting himself off, in my opinion. And I love the guy, but sometimes he needs, he needs to just get to the meat of the story and and leave out all this, you know, exposition, you know? So, I don't know. That's probably not going to be a very popular opinion, but that's just what I think, you know? That, uh, but so, I, so in that respect, I actually am looking forward to the Watchmen movie. I'm not one of the people that's afraid that they're going to mess it up. I'm going to have to actually read it before the movie comes out because I've liked Alan. I, I was a fan of Alan Moore since he did Swamp Thing. And mm -hmm. I was actually reading him before that and didn't know it. And and you probably remember when I got these at that comic auction, I got all those 2000 AD, the British like yeah. weekly newspaper comics, and they had Judge Dredd mm -hmm. and uh, um, I can't remember the name of it. It was an adaption of an American sci-fi book series, though, about a thief the stainless steel rat and they had stainless steel rat stories in them and a lot of them were and i think alan moore might have been like on staff then so he would do you know a judge dread story or something everything was serialized yeah but those but uh i just remember the cupa guys are always always uh talking up 2000 ad and uh i'd like to get my hands on some of that stuff because I, I i've read a a small handful of Judge Dredd, but that's that's about it. And honestly, it didn't it didn't do much for me. But I'd like to read some of that 2000 AD stuff. Um, my friend Kevin ended up with all of those. He loved them and ended up. I traded hmm. him for some something, some comic book trade at some point. Crack. But I'm also yeah, crack <laughs> comics, crack cocaine comics. <laughs> um, but um. 
I just I I've I've always meant to read it because I've heard it's really good. I actually have it sitting not five feet away from my bedside. It as is we good. Speak. It is good, and I know you enough to know you will like it. I like it. I'm just wondering what your degree of like will be, because I, I don't. I, I'm gonna just tell you, don't don't expect it to change your life, but I, I do. I I can almost assure that you will like it. I I yeah. I I hardly expect anything to change my life now, as far as like, <laughs> as far as that goes. And like and unlike you, I've always been a fan of the indie comics too. So I'm I'm really surprised that I've never. I don't think I've ever read Arkham Asylum e either. Or if I did, it didn't make any kind of impression on me at all because I don't remember it. That you know, I've been meaning to do a rant about that for the longest time, and I'll just do a mini rant here. My my problem with Arkham Asylum, aside from the the art, which is absolutely atrocious in that book, it doesn't make any. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, I know that Grant Morrison has his legion of fans. I've read some Grant Morrison stuff that I halfway enjoyed, and I've read a lot of stuff that, that I thought was just drug-addled masturbation. My problem with Arkham Asylum is it's not a good story. It's not a good Batman story. You know, he gets into a word association game with a doctor. You know, the, the basic premise, as I can understand this book, is that the Joker takes over Arkham Asylum sets everybody free, and he's holding the asylum and all the, the, the guards and doctors and whatever hostage. So Batman has to go into the uh, asylum, right? That seems fairly straightforward. From there, this book just goes, I mean, bizarre. It really plays like if, if they had written it and it was supposed to be a dream, I'd buy it because it's a very dreamlike quality to the art. Is Batman injected with some sort of psychotropic yeah. drug or See, something that, at the beginning I've, I've, of it or something? I've wondered that before because I reread it not long ago because it came up on another list of like greatest comic things of all time. And I'm thinking, I bought this book literally the day it came out. I paid a ridiculous – whatever that thing cost. It was like 25 bucks or whatever the day. Now, this was back in the day when comics were like 75 cents. So 25 bucks for – What's essentially a fancy comic book to me was a hell of a lot of money at that age, you know, but I bought it and fucking hated it. If I could have taken it back, I would have. Anyway, <laughs> when I reread it, I expected that 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 was part of the thing. And I kept looking, I kept rereading the text and looking at the pictures going, well, maybe he got injected with some, maybe that's why he's out of character. Maybe he's injected or something. And I couldn't find that anywhere in the story where. Where he was like happened. under the influence of something. But if they had done that, then the story would play out because he doesn't act like – he stands there. Now, this is Batman, right? Who by this time had been rewritten and reimagined to be like some fucking super ninja, right? He's like greatest crime fighter in the world and all – you know. He was a far cry from the Batman of my childhood. But anyway, this was the Batman in this story. He stands by while the, the Joker shoots a guy in the head. He doesn't do a fucking thing. He doesn't do anything to try to stop him before, and he doesn't beat the piss out of him afterwards. So that's not Batman. Batman, not only would he strive to do everything he could to keep that guy from getting shot, he would beat the piss out of the Joker yeah. if he shot somebody in front of him. Yeah. doesn't do a thing. There's another sequence where... He's trying to like focus his mind or some fucking thing, so he sh he jabs a shard of glass through his hand. 
he uses a spear and impales Killer Croc. He uh, gets into a word association game with a doctor, and after like three or four words, the word father comes up, and Batman starts crying and says, stop. I mean, does this sound like Batman to you? No, it sounds like a writer just having his way with it. And I just, oh. Injecting himself into it, basically. But anyway, that was supposed to be a mini rant, man. (laughs) Well, I finally got it. I'll try to keep. Well, don't get it too far out of your system because we'll go into it in depth someday. (laughs) Well, we will because there's there's a couple other of these like supposed masterworks that I have a serious issue. I'll have to track it down and read it now. Oh, last Um, word on Alan Moore though. Um, I recently snagged off eBay for a song. Um, this series, I forget how many issues it was, 10 or 12 issues. I forget, but you could pick it up real cheap. It's called, uh, top 10. It was put out by, I'm pretty sure it's a DC, um, like sub label or whatever you want to call it, but it was called ABC. I think it was called ABC comics at the time. I don't know. I can look it up for you later if you want, but it's something like it. Anyway, the name, the title of the book was top 10. And it was by uh, Alan Moore. That's some good stuff. You, you'd really like that. It was re- really cool. It was like basically the, the it's the story of like a pro- police precinct at the crossroads of all the realities. So oh, you had yeah. all, all these really cool like little cameo like in the background you'd catch like oh I don't know I want to say like Harry Potter. I'm trying now I can't remember the character but you know just all these different like superhero and, and literary characters and stuff but I mean from like all genres it was cool I mean it was it was really a, a fun read that's all I got on uh, on Watchmen <laughs> that's, that's about all I got to contribute what else do we got anything else fun I got three more, but this next one is really this. This is my this is my uber geek moment for the show because this next one has got me just oh man. There was uh, they've just pulled it, so but it'll probably pop up again. But at the San Diego Comic Con this year, somebody smuggled out some footage that they showed of uh, just like a, a brief teaser for Tron Two. And I'm telling you, man, I'm oh man, I'm so psyched. I, I I literally have not been this excited about a sequel since The Empire Strikes Back. When I'm we were glad kids. it's I, a sequel and not a remake, too. Yes, yes. Oh, we'll get onto that rant in a few minutes. But uh, yes, it. Uh, from what I could tell, the, the the footage I saw, it was really tough to make out exactly what was going on. But it looked like, from what I could tell. It was basically a light cycle chase, and it was like a. It was really more like a motorcycle uh, duel sequence with with light cycles. It was like a light cycle motorcycle hybrid. It was basically a motorcycle, but it still had the the classic jet trail behind it. But they jumped, swerved crashed and and banged together like a motorcycle would so it was really neat it was a very different take on your classic light cycle you know they didn't just travel in a straight line you know and uh there's a big battle sequence and then one of them wipes out and as he's laying there the the rival rider walks up to him and the guy's laying on the ground and he says but it's just a game and the other guy says not anymore and he smashes him with his with his disc 
And that's pretty much all you see. But you do see um, Jeff Bridges is coming back. Um, it definitely looks like he's uh, reprising his role as, uh, as Kevin Flynn. And, uh, and that was pretty much all I could see. I couldn't really tell who the two riders were. One of them looked like Jeff Bridges, I thought. And the other one may have also looked like Jeff Bridges, but it might have been. It was really hard in the footage I saw to tell who it was. Um, I'll be really curious to see if they get um, Bruce Boxleitner or. Oh, geez, I'm going to blank on her name. Oh, isn't that terrible? I love this movie so much, and I can't think of the woman's. I'm totally. Can you think of that woman's name who was no, uh, Laura? I'm blanking. But anyway, I, I, I'm be really curious to see if they'll get them back or, or acknowledge them because it, it'll be strange if they don't come back and all they get is an acknowledgement because there was a sequel to Tron that people might not be aware of. It was called Tron 2.0, and it was a video game. And I'll even qualify it by saying it was an excellent video game. It was very, very faithful to the original Tron source material. It had an excellent story, and it was it was literally a sequel in which the son of Bruce Boxleitner's character and the girl in the film, uh, Laura, sometime pretty close after the first Tron movie, they had a son, and... Uh, the son, his name is Jet, he gets pulled into the world of the computer just like Flynn did in the first movie. And it's basically Jet's adventures in the Tron world. And it was really cool. And what I liked was that it, I was really afraid that, you know, here it's been 20 years and I was like, you know, it's not going to work if he runs into Tron. Because Tron was based off of like that trash 80 technology, you know, and it just wouldn't work. He doesn't run into Tron. Tron is not in the game. Tron has, by this time, is like a legend. You know, he's like a, a what they, they call him a legacy, like a legacy code or something like that. So he's, he's acknowledged without, without being revisited. And it was really, ma I'm probably not describing it very well. It was masterfully done. Great game. And, uh, and I highly recommend if you haven't checked it out, check it out. A, a, a lot of people wrote it off as just another first-person shooter, and it's so much more than that. Amazing graphics, amazing gameplay. And the first time you de-res somebody and hear that sound, you're going to be having your geek on, man. I swear, it's, it's really, really cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I think Tron would be the perfect movie to use CG for. At the level mm -hmm. that CG is at, it would make a completely perfect Tron world without having to make anything, you know, completely realistic. So it would all be its own self-contained world. And uh, <clears throat> there's already a sort of a visual style set up for it that they can work on and expound on, and it can only be better. And there's only been, there's all these elements that they can put into it that have come into the computer world since that first Tron movie was made like viruses and worms and spam I'm sure spam is gonna make some sort of appearance as like see, a now, garbage dump or something see in the game in that sequel game they, they did all that masterfully they did they just like the original Tron made I mean many yeah. 
of the terms used in that movie were the first time I ever heard those terms. Right. And they became, you know, common, you know, clue and ram and all. I didn't know what the hell that stuff yeah. was, but, you know, today we know it. it and, and a lot of, I, I would imagine a lot of people's computer knowledge probably started with that movie. But, but the game, the sequel game did that masterfully, you know, with viruses and, you know, uh, uh, routers and just all these different yep, you know firewalls our, our firewall all all of our everyday technology was masterfully integrated into the story and the technology of that game and of that world and i i have no doubt that they'll that they'll really pull it off so all right so we got a big big potential thumbs up and looking forward to tron 2 i wonder i I don't know about you, but I'm telling you right now, I'm 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 putting myself in complete information lockdown mode for this. I don't want to know shit. I, I want to be pleasantly surprised. I want to go in just being jonesed, excited, but I, I don't. I'm not going to spoil it for myself. I, the only thing I would like to know, though, is I'm hoping um, that uh, oh, his name just went right out of my head. The uh, the Pixar guy. Oh man, my brain is just not working tonight at all. Lassiter, John Lassiter. I'm I'm kind of hoping that maybe he's got some some hand in this. You know, he's a he's a big wig at Disney now, and uh, and I know that all those Pixar guys always always cite Tron as like their inspiration yeah. for what they. Do. So I, I hope some of those guys have a hand in this. And, and they and, do quality work. Yeah, well, I you know I'm, I'm I have no doubt that if they have a hand in it that that they'll keep you know they'll keep it steered on course. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that they'll make sure that we're getting a quality movie and not just your you know your your token uh, sequel, crappy sequel or remake. Yeah. So so that was so that's one we're looking forward to. I think the next one on our list may not be. Sadly, not be the, the next sorry. The next two on our list, um, I, I just, uh, I got to shake my head. You know, you, you, you said the dreaded R word, man. You said remake. And sadly, both of these next ones, um, one of them is definitely confirmed as a remake. One of them, I, I will say, is just rumored as a remake, and that is RoboCop. If it's not a sequel, and if it is indeed the remake I'm hearing rumored, I've just got to ask one question. Why? Uh, Why why the fuck do you have to mess with... That is a great movie. And it's not... Well, How old is that? That movie can't be 20 years old yet, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at least 20 years old. I saw it my freshman year of college, which was 88. So that's 20 years there, and... It had been out already for a little while. It was sort of on a revival. You know, we saw it in an auditorium, so it wasn't fresh. It was after it had been on its main run. So, yeah, it's about 20 years old. But it doesn't matter. It holds up. It's a great movie because it's Paul Verhoeven. He's a he's a pretty good director, and he puts a lot of satire into it. If that movie had no satire in it, it would just be... A, entertaining action movie but it's got all these layers and great you know the whole tv culture of the of the of that world and the i'd buy that for a dollar and <laughs> and it's sort of he sort of did it one more step further with starship troopers with with yeah the i whole, would 
I haven't. I still haven't seen that movie. I've heard oh, it's mixed. Good. On it. I, I need to check it out. If you're saying it's good, I'll check it out. Oh, it's it's fun. It's it's action and it's satire. It's the same. It's the same formula as RoboCop, oh. except it's goofier. It's more more action than RoboCop. RoboCop has some drama to it, you know. Also, maybe maybe it was that mix that people because I think sometimes people don't get him. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think he's a, a lot of people. Yeah, well, I think when RoboCop came out, I think there was a, a significant number of people that didn't get that movie either. And I'm telling you, it spoke right to me. Oh yeah, it's great, and 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 it has it's because it's a true comic book style movie. It runs like a comic book, and it has, but it has a bunch of uh, not. It does. It's not too deep, <laughs> but it's got no, more no, layers uh. to it than your average RoboCop science fiction movie no i was talking more to its style i think i that was the first of that i don't know i can't even i couldn't even begin to verbally describe the style of that movie but it has yeah. a very distinct style that that well the, you know it's often, the same... often imitated and seldom uh whatever the hell that expression was... is seldom imitated. yeah it was from that same time period that sam raimi was making his his big splash. He was a few years ahead of Verhoeven. Well, Verhoeven had been doing movies, and I think he's from Switzerland, or he'd been doing movies in his native country for a while. But that was his first American movie, and uh, and you know Sam Raimi, the really fast stylized action, you know, <laughs> and very he and he was very violent. You know, he had lot that. RoboCop had a lot of really graphic violence of people's bodies getting blown apart by bullets and and stuff like that. And but at the same time, it would be really violent, and then there'd be something really goofy. You know, it 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 would it would sort of switch up that. The only movie I've seen of his that's been re that was really disappointing, and I haven't seen Showgirls, <laughs> which I imagine. I forward, fast forwarded through it just to see the naked parts. Yeah, that's was uh, what was the one? Um, it was about it had Kevin Bacon as an Invisible Man. Oh, uh, Hollow Man. Hollow Man. I didn't see that. Eh, it had its moments, but it wasn't a very satisfying Paul Verhoeven. Now, correct me if I'm movie. wrong. Didn't he do Total Recall? Yes, he did. I loved Total Recall. Another another one with all different kinds of he, you know, he throws in all this stuff from left field, you know, that when I when I was living with you in Rochester and working at uh, at Saturday Matinee, the the manager there, Bill, that's when that movie had just come out uh on video on a uh, VHS and we were selling it and we had a a trailer tape that used to play clips of it and one of the clips was when uh uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the guy that does the voice of uh, of Sergeant Bullock in Batman the Animated Series. There's a part where he goes, you blabbed, Quaid. You blabbed about Mars. Well, my boss's name was Bill. I drove him fucking crazy that <laughs> summer because I said it to him all the time. You blabbed, Bill. You blabbed about Mars. I, I guess it was one of those you had to be there kind of things, but I drove him nuts saying uh -huh. that all the time. <laughs> but uh, – I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that it holds up well because I, I, I'm ashamed to admit it. it's been a number of years since I've seen it. But I, you know, I, it is one of my favorites. I've seen it. I There's don't know a few many. '80s hairstyles in it, but that's about it. <laughs> it's still a riot. It's still great. 
I've got the uh, the Criterion LaserDisc. I don't have the actual LaserDisc, but I've got the Criterion LaserDisc version of it somewhere, and I'm going to have yeah. to dig that out. Have you ever seen that? No. The cr- Criterion version? Oh, man, it's it's. You thought the original one was brutal? This one is. I mean, they don't pull any punches. It's it's brutal. The part where they where they shoot uh, the part where they shoot Murphy's hand off is just man. It's well, it's brutal. It's gonna suck as a remake. I, I hope that that's not true. You know, I, I hope that you know one of the one of the topics that I'm hoping that we can tackle in the near future is franchises that aren't dead, you know, franchises that you and I think still have some life left in them, despite like shitty sequels and stuff. RoboCop's one of them for me. I think RoboCop's still got some life in it. RoboCop 2 is one of the worst fucking movies ever made. RoboCop 3, I I didn't even, I didn't even acknowledge it. I never saw it. The television show sucked ass. Most of the comics were pitiful, but the, the original movie is still great. And I think still could spawn a success, at least one successful sequel. It would be nice, but the next the next uh, remake that's coming up is confirmed. <sighs> we actually have watched the preview for it, and we're. I- I'm fucking appalled. That's my that's that's gonna be my my little quote. You know, like they 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 release these. Yeah. These uh, things in the in the newspaper, you know, the on the on the movie page, you know, the on the theater page. I hope they have this. I hope it says Keanu Reeves and Kathy Bates and the day the earth stood still. Scott Gardner of Two True Freaks says, "I'm fucking appalled." You know, cuz I can't, oh good. Well, it. that that leaves that leaves my quote free, which would just be like, as you said with the last one. Why? Why? Not you know that doesn't even no that's not enough with this one. That's not enough. It's not why. It's it's god damn it. Why? Yeah. I mean, why why on so many for for the first one, the greatest one of all is why the fuck do you need to remake this movie? Now, I realize that this movie was made in the 50s and I realize that that's going to be way older than all of our it's older than us and it's going to be yeah. older than all of our listeners probably. I'm telling you right now, listeners, if you have not seen The Day the Earth Stood Still, rent it, buy it, steal it, download it, whatever, you've got to see it. It is a classic of the science fiction genre. If you're listening to us, you obviously like sci-fi stuff, watch this movie. It's great. It's one of the best sci-fi movies of not only the 50s, but of all time. It really is a great movie. They don't need to fuck it up with a shitty remake. And what's got me twice as pissed is not only are they remaking it, not only does it look like it's going to be god awful, they have fucking Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what was that all about? I'm not hearing that name. <laughs> the only time I'm hearing that name is if there's going to be a new Bill and Ted. You know, that that's the thing, it's you know, acceptable. Go back and- Oh, go back That's and do acceptable. another Bill and Ted, you know? That's all he's good for. Oh, go back and do the Lake House 2 or some shit. Oh, leave, excellent. Even better. Leave the day the earth stood still alone, please. You know, I, I would even, I would, I would love it if they would do a sequel. You know, a few years ago, there was this, I don't know if it was a complete script. Maybe it was just a, a story idea 
But floating around the net was this rumor, possibly a script, I don't know, for a proposed sequel in which Klaatu's daughter comes back basically to check up on us and see if we are... I'm not going to spoil the movie, but basically to see if we are living by, by... No, I don't want to spoil it. Because I mean, I, I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening to us that have not seen this great, great movie. I, I'm not going to uh, spoil it. I thought you but, were talking about the sequel. Oh, the, yeah, the sequel. Well, she, she comes back to check up on humanity to see if we're doing what we were told. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. The, the original movie has a message, a very clear-cut message for humanity. The sequel proposes Klaatu's daughter, because the original guy, I'm sure he's dead by now, you know, that she comes back to see, are we doing what we were told? And if we're not, we're going to get spanked. That could be one hell of a movie. I mean, the aliens had the technology to stop all of our technology for an hour in that movie. That's why it's called The Day of the Earth Stood Still. They show us that we aren't shit to them, and we better get our act together and do what they tell us at the end of the movie. So... I want to see this sequel. I want to see where they come back and realize, you know what? It's been 50 years. We ain't done shit. We're still on the path to destruction. And they decide, you know what? You're a child race, and we're going to spank you. That would be a kick-ass movie. You don't <laughs> need to remake it. You don't remake perfection. And this is a perfect movie. There's not a thing wrong with it other than it's made in the 1950s, and that's not a bad thing. Now, I don't want to upset you at all or or get you even more worked up. <laughs> I'm about but to have How a much do you want to bet that instead of a nuclear message, nuclear, not nuclear, it has an environmental message. <laughs> what do you What do you want to bet the the that that's like the the um, talking point when they talk about it on entertainment today? Oh, this time, still instead of nuclear holocaust, mankind faces ecological holocaust. Jesus Christ. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Kathy Bates, Oscar, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's giving me suck it. so hard. I'm telling you. Oh, I, I could not be more more pissed off. I mean, you know, the only thing that would be worse to me is if they, I don't know, they re, well, I was going to say, like, if they remade, like, The Wizard of Oz, they've done that fucking atrocity already. But, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't even know. I mean, I love this movie, you know? I mean, can't can I have something? Nope. Can I have one movie from my childhood? You know, George Lucas has to go in and toy with Star Wars. Nope. You know, it's... Steven Spielberg, God love him. I love the man. He's given me some of the greatest memories of my childhood. But War of the World sucked ass. Can I have one movie from my childhood that I cherish that they leave the fuck alone? Can I have one, please? God damn it. Keanu fucking reads. Oh yeah, well, you know that actually they could For stand now. the reboot of that movie. Am <laughs> 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 I a total hypocrite or what? No. Yeah, I actually, it's funny you say. I actually envisioned a, a, a sequel to Roller Coaster years ago. Years ago, I thought you know you really could do a good sequel to that movie, but uh, I don't know. That's way off the the beaten path, but. 
Let me let me just tell here here's what from what I saw in the in the in the trailer. It's got Keanu Reeves looks pretty conclusive that he's playing Klaatu. Oh Jesus Christ. They've got Jennifer Connolly, who I'm still pissed at for getting a boob or boob reduction. She I'm sorry, she was a fine specimen specimen of womanhood I and know. she just she looks I think fucking we had that conversation now. on a on an earlier episode. And then it's got Kathy. Who the fuck does Kathy Bates play in that movie? I mean, there. Maybe my memory's bad, but I can only remember the the. You couldn't even really call her a love interest in that movie. It was the woman in the movie. You know, it was her and her little boy, and and Klaatu comes I'll make to live. What she plays the president? Oh, oh my god! Oh, what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> I'm just right. using my Nostradamus, like my nostril dumbass powers, to predict the future. Uh, I can I can predict the future of shitty films, man. I'm putting out a plea to all of our listeners, all all, all ten of you, right now. Boycott this fucking movie. <laughs> don't. I'm serious, man. Don't give this movie any cred. Don't go see it. Don't tell any. I mean, if you if you mention it, say. Yeah, that shit's pitiful. I'm not gonna go see it. Don't go see it. Fuck that I, movie, man. Fuck that movie. There, you fuck don't. Fuck that lousy ass remake. Piece of fucking honky ass jive ass <laughs> bullshit. I don't care who's attached to. I don't care if it's Spielberg, Lucas. I don't care if John Williams doing the score. I don't care who is attached to this movie. It looks like shit. You're probably right. She's probably the goddamn president. You know, it's probably got some environmental thing. They'll probably have Obama up there giving him some fucking thing. They'll probably have Al Gore in it. It'll probably be some liberal spin piece of shit. I'm telling you, man, it, I'm, I'm fucking worked up about this one. I don't know why in the hell they have to touch that movie. I mean, really, I mean, is the 1950s, is that now some sort of like horrible thing to people where they, I mean, this is like the umpteenth 50s movie that they've had to go back and toy with. You know? I mean, what was wrong with the original War of the Worlds? I mean... It's just laziness. <sighs> I'm telling you, man. Pure Every simple time... laziness. Why, why, you know, why, why come up with something brand new that you don't know if people are going to like when you can take something that's tried and true that people like and that a lot of people are dumb... And, you know, a lot of people are dumb enough to where they've never seen the original, but they've heard about it because it's a classic. And uh, but they'd rather see the 2008 version because it's up to date. It ain't no, you know. I mean, is that the no reasoning thing. you think behind why they're not just doing a straight sequel? Are they are they doing the remake hoping that maybe they can spin it into a franchise because rather than take and do a straight sequel that nobody remembers? <laughs> I think they think it would just appeal to more people if it, if they start it from scratch rather than having a prerequisite of seeing it be that you saw the original movie because a lot of people are you know that that cuts out a lot of young people who probably haven't seen it you know so they'd rather start from scratch. Now I, you know I'll be the first one to to hold up my hand and and admit that I have the world's shittiest memory, but. Other than Dawn of the Dead, when when does this ever work? Hardly what what re, what remake was great? What remake was was even fucking watchable? 
and so, and Dawn of the Dead to me was only a great remake because it wasn't really a remake. It was taking the same idea and running in a whole new direction with it. It wasn't right. really a true remake at all. Right. It could. It didn't. It didn't necessarily have to exist outside of the other movie. Actually, you know, it just is another mall in another area, and the zombies run. Other than that, it's the same premise. But that's about it. You know, it had nothing. You know, it was not the same story at all of the original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it was just a play on the whole premise. Uh, you know, but, I've got a radical idea for you, Mr. Movie Producers out there in the world that are they're scratching your head looking for the next new fucking ingenious idea in movie making. Instead of taking classic, great, perfect movies that you really don't need to fuck around with, remaking them into some piece of absolute shit, why don't you take a shit movie that had a really good idea and somebody fucking dropped the ball and, and make a great it. movie out yeah. of that. That you would know? be nice. Could, could, could know, we have that, please? You know what I saw that was good? Willard. I like that remake with, with uh, Crispin Glover. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't was, see it, but yeah, I heard it was good. It was I, I good. never saw the original one either, but yeah. The original one was pretty good at the time, but it hasn't aged well and is really cheesy. You can see the rats eating the peanut butter, you know, when, you, when you're watching it. You know, it's obviously just a bunch of rats that they threw with, you know, let's put peanut butter on the electrical wires. Oh, they're eating the electrical wires. You can see them eating the peanut butter. Yeah, but how many movies did we see, you know, in all the years that we've been watching movies? How many movies have we seen? We saw a trailer or maybe we saw, like, say, the first 20 minutes of some movie and thought, oh, man, that's a great idea. And, and then, then you go sucked. and you watch it and it sucked or the ending was retarded or something. You know, how many movies have there been like that? So, you know, re why can't they revisit that? Why can't they take uh, – god damn, I wish I could think of something re real quick off the top of my – you know, just some movie with a great premise that that just somehow didn't click the first time. You know, do that. I mean, is that too much work or something? Yes. Ah. God damn, I'm telling you. Oh, I got to go play some Grand Theft Auto and shoot some people. <laughs> so what What else do we got? We got one more on the list, right? We? No, that's my list. I think oh, we hit them all. Wow. Now we got Terminator, Spirit, Watchmen, Tron 2, Robocop, and Day the Earth Stood Still. That's oh, everything wow. on my list for now. No, that was it. Wow. Wow. I'm still trying to think of a bad movie that could have been remit. Remade. I know. I'm. I'm <laughs> I should be able to uh, how think about of this? a. How about this? Dreamscape. Oh, I don't know. Was that such a bad movie, though? And no, it was a good movie, but it has not aged well. The oh, special you know, I was effects and the like, the way people look and the acting and the direction of it. It's well, where a did lot you see cheesier. that? Because I didn't think that was even available anywhere. I haven't seen that since we saw it in the theater as kids. I caught it on TV, on, probably on one of those free movie channels, uh -huh. you know, where they play. And, and I hadn't seen it. And I saw that like twice in the movie theater when hasn't I was a held kid. Up, huh? It's still the still the story and the idea are really cool, but the special effects and the acting okay. and the way it's directed are very sort of cheesy 80s and if you did it if you did it with a layer of realism to it it could be you know it could be done a lot you know in the hands of a really skillful director 
who thought about it correctly, it could be made into a really neat movie, you know. Where it was, it was a really neat movie the first time out, but it was sort of the idea of it that that drove it the most, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the simple fact that I usually purge shitty movies from my memory, yeah. you know. So, I guess that's it. I can't. I really can't think of anything off the top of my head. But, you know, oh man, I just. Uh, that's just. It ought to be Every, sacrilegious, every, man. Everybody, everybody gripes about the remakes, but the problem is somebody's going to see them because they make money. And that just encourages them. That's why I'm such a downloading proponent. Don't encourage that shit. I'll well, you know I'll, I, download the. You, if you really want to see the day of the earth itself, you gotta see it because you're obsessive compulsive, and you saw the original, and you just have to see what it's like. Download that motherfucker. Yep. Don't give them no money. Uh, Don't I'm, encourage I'm, I'm, that I'm, behavior. I'm not even gonna watch it for free. I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm totally. It's, it's a total. bother? Nation boycott, and and and, and I think I have it's, so little time anyway that why am I gonna put an hour and a half into Keanu Reeves as Klaatu when the original <laughs> will do just fine? That guy was perfect in that movie. Here's here's this is the positive thing that'll come out of this is when the movie comes out and they start hyping it, the like Turner Classic Broadcasting and that that type of channel that plays movies like that. We'll start playing the original, because, yeah, and because a, a of new generation of Yep, people will be interested in it. So at least the original will start getting some play, and then uh, that will, uh, and there'll probably be a documentary about the original. You know how they updated the original from the blah blah blah, and how the, you know there'll be some, you know, puff piece making of documentary that'll at least draw some attention to the original version so and you know kids aren't stupid they'll know which one is better yep and if they don't you know unless they're real little but they'll figure it out you know I, you know what i tell you what my my boys are eight and twelve and we watched the original black and white 1950s Slow by today's standards. We watched it not long ago because I bought it on DVD, and they loved it. They they sat through it. They weren't bored. They didn't you know fidget or whatever. They they watched it and they both really enjoyed it. So I mean, I'm telling you, how often does that happen that kids today will sit through a black and white movie? A you good, know, a good movie is a good movie. Once if it sucks you in, it sucks you in. If it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't. Exactly. You know? And. uh I don't think black and white has anything to do with it. Some people are prejudiced against it because it denotes an old movie. But, you know, I, I think they're just as capable of getting sucked into a black and white movie. I, I think there's a lot of black and white movies that most people don't like because they just don't really... There's no way to relate to them. And there's some that transcend. Like, I could watch Marx Brothers movies till the cows come home. But the scenes where the Marx Brothers aren't in them, they just suck because they're that, you know, they're just a normal scene from one of those movies, and I don't relate to that style of anything, you know, in, in that world. You know, I have nothing to go by from except for other old movies. But, uh... 
yeah, I think that's why people are prejudiced against black and white white movies. But well, I know, say Citizen, a time Citizen Kane will still could still draw and is still a great movie. You know, I bet you, I bet you could re-release that movie. The um, Day of the Earth stood still. I bet you could re-release that at the cinemas, and it would still do a decent box sure. office. I'd go to see it. When do you uh, get to see that on a big screen? Yep, exactly. I don't know. I I guess we've we've beat this dead horse, but yeah. it, oh, it just it really does fire me up. Well, uh, you know, let us know what you guys think out there about the movies we've talked about, particularly that last one. I'm I'm wondering if uh, if the rest of the geek community is just as incensed, or they don't give a shit, or they're actually looking forward to this new one, or whatever. Let us know. We'll 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 try to be impartial. And uh, if you know, you're if looking get... forward to it, just please try to explain why. Yeah, <laughs> if I you can know. explain to us why, we'd really like to know. Yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, you can contact us at our Gmail address. It's two true freaks at gmail dot com. That's t w o true freaks at gmail dot com, and. Uh, I guess that about wraps us up. I'm uh, Scott Gardner. And I'm Chris Honeywell. And we're two true freaks. 